The Mountain Vista Baptist Church podcast features the preaching and teaching of Pastor Robert Perry and the guest speakers of Mountain Vista Baptist. The purpose of this podcast is to help believers grow, to edify the saints, and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, let's go to Hebrews chapter number 12, please, and we're going to conclude this series that we've been in in, our, in this Bible study uh, hour, uh, entitled A Season to Celebrate, and we've been, we focused on, of course, uh, this, uh, this holiday season, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, considered how it is a season to be thankful, and to show gratitude, we've considered how um, Joseph uh, was an example of our life, uh, for our lives of worship, and following the Lord's guidance. We've considered Mary as well. And uh, as we close this out, I want us to, to notice here in, in Hebrews chapter number 12, and as we are closing out 2020 and entering into 2021, I'd like us to consider uh, how this is a season to press on. Uh, we're going to see a new, a new year coming, uh, uh, coming upon us. We've looked back on 2020 and all of its struggles and trials that we've experienced during this time, uh, but let us not forget the blessings as well. And uh, God's hand has been evident through it all, and uh, we're excited to see what he's going to continue to do over this next year. But I want you to pick up in verse number 1 of Hebrews chapter number 12, and uh, we'll read through verse number 3. Notice in verse number 1 it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a, cl- a cloud of witnesses, so let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such uh, contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And as Christmas has just concluded this week, and as we are entering into this new year, we're speeding towards the uh, conclusion of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. Uh, Many a times, a new year is a time where people want to uh, make some changes in their life. They set maybe New Year's resolutions. I heard someone recently, uh, even this morning, mention about uh, maybe they have set a, a, a or picked a specific word as their theme uh, for the new year. Uh, of course, our church will be unveiling a, a new theme for the new year on our Vision Sunday, uh, a couple of Sundays into uh, the new year as well, as our theme this year was a firm foundation. I'm thankful for the foundation uh, of our Lord and Savior uh, during these trying times that we've experienced, but also looking forward to what he's going to do, and so we'll unveil that new theme, but whether we uh, choose a word, or we we set a theme for our year, or whether we set resolutions or goals for our years, uh, it it could be a whole gamut of things. Some people want to uh, maybe better their health, maybe some people want to uh, better their knowledge of certain things, or or, or, or functions in their life. Maybe someone wants to promote or advance in their, in their company or in their work and the job that they do. Uh, regardless of how these last 12 months have went for you, you look forward to the new 12 months that lie ahead and, and what it could be and the opportunities that could arise from it. And you think, this is going to be my year. This is going to be when the, the year that everything changes. This is going to be... Uh, the, the, the catalyst for a brand new me, and, uh, and it's going to be, everything's going to be changed. But if the statistics are right, 25% of those who make a New Year's resolution or set a goal for a change in their life break it 
before the first week of the year is even over. And so if that's the case, then we fall into the trap again of saying, man, next year will be the year. Much like Cubs fans when, uh, as, the, as going through years. I'm a Cubs fan and, and I grew up being a Cubs fan and my dad has cursed me with that. Uh, and, uh, but nevertheless, uh, it, it was always wait till next year. Next year will be our year. 2016 was the year and we thought it was going to be several years after that. And we've kind of fallen back into the trap of wait till next year. It'll be the next year will be the next time. But that's how we, the attitude sometimes we get. This is going to be a great year. This is going to be new. And I, everything is going to change. And everything is going to be wonderful. And then all of a sudden it isn't as wonderful as we thought. And then we just give up. Can I say that throughout the Bible, God uses illustrations to help us understand the nature of our life as a Christian. And uh, that there will be times where we hit a roadblock. There will be times where there will be a setback. Uh, where we might hit that uh, pothole. And it might set us back for a moment. Uh, but the Bible gives us these illustrations for the Christian life as to how we can press on through those things and not let it derail us, not let it cause us to fall off the tracks. In 2 Timothy, the Christian life is uh, referred to as a war. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In, in 1 Corinthians, the Christian life is considered as a fight, and uh, 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 almost as if it's a boxing match even. As we read the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, uh, he says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth in the air. And so we find that these these illustrations are given for the Christian life and they illustrate to us that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. It's not always going to be just easy. It's not going to be that everything we want to accomplish in life, everything that we want to see happen in life is just going to come to fruition just like that. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be setbacks at times, but that is not a time that we just throw in the towel. This is a season that we continue to press on in faith in the Lord and see him work. Then when we come here to Hebrews chapter number 12, uh, the picture that we see here is that of an arena. Maybe that of like a, uh, a track match that is taking place, a, a race that is, is coming to, uh, to fruition here. And uh, maybe like the Olympic Games. And, and we find here uh, that uh, the runners uh, in the first century church or in the first century uh, Christian, uh, Christianity uh, they were set, uh, facing setbacks. They were experiencing uh, some trials. They were experiencing some times uh, where everything wasn't going as they had always planned. Paul understood what persecution was like. And we understand that uh, as we read about Paul's life, he was imprisoned and, and uh, he was set back. And, and the church or uh, the, 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 the people, the Jewish people at the time, of course, in that first century were underneath the dictatorship of Rome. And they weren't always free to do as they wanted. There was a lot much persecution that would come against not only the Jewish people, but the church at large as it began to grow and to flourish, as we read in the book of Acts as well. And having experienced, the, experienced plenty of trials himself, we read it, the Apostle Paul give these words uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verses 6 through 7. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. See, Paul had, had finished his course, he had stayed strong, he had persevered, he had pressed on. 
throughout all those trials and throughout all, all, throughout all the circumstances that he was facing. Here, the author of Hebrews, as we read in chapter 12 and verses 1 uh, through 3, is expressing his desire to finish his course strong as well and to be able to press on in the times and trials that he's experienced. And if we're planning to do anything for our Lord in this coming year of 2021, if we're planning to accomplish anything for God, if we plan to see anyone come to know him as their savior, if we plan to make an impact in our community, wherever it might be, we have guests here this morning from different states, if you may plan to make an impact where you live for the cause of Christ, it is not going to be because you gave up when trials arise. It isn't going to be because you just threw in the towel when things got a little rocky at, uh, every once in a while. In the, as we conclude this holiday season and enter into a season uh, that we consider the new year, let me say this morning that this is a season to press on. This is a season that we not give up and that we stay faithful to the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Every moment of a new year is truly a gift from God, whether it is a, 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 a beautiful, triumphant, victorious time or whether it be a time of sorrow whether it be a time of setback, whether it be a time where it's not something we would have chosen, it is still a gift from God because it is another day, another moment that we get to live and to breathe and to, and to live and serve Him here on this present earth. And with that in mind, if we want to make the best of these moments, we must take time to prepare for it. We read here in, in Hebrews, it says, it says we're compassed about with that great cloud of witnesses and, and that there's a race that is set before us. We still have a race to run. That is called the Christian life. And if we're going to run it to its fullest, if we're going to experience the victorious Christ, Christian life in this life, this race that we call the Christian life, it is going to be because we've prepared or got ready for it. The Olympic runner does not just hit the track without any preparation. I think of like uh, men like Usain Bolt, right? Uh, the, uh, he's an uh, Olympic runner known for like the 100-meter dash, I think, and some even some long-distance running as well. A very, very fast man. Uh, he does not just rely on his speed alone, though. Do you understand that this morning? He has put some time and effort into training. And if we're going to make it through the, our life, the Christian life, this race called the Christian life, as you see on the screen, there must be a preparation for the race. Notice with me as we read in verse number one, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See, God wants each and every one of us to be prepared for this race that he calls the Christian life. He wants us to be able to experience this life in a victorious manner. He wants us to be able to go through this Christian life and this, 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 uh, this race that we are experiencing uh, in, a, in a manner and in a fashion in which he is able to bless, in which he is able to guide, in which we are able to see his blessings come to fruition. And as we prepare for this race of the Christian life in the new year, we ought to consider two important aspects of this preparation. First off, I, let me say this, that if we're going to prepare for this new year and we're going to press on in this new year, we ought to remove any hindrances that we might experience. That's why the Bible tells us here, let us lay aside every weight. In the, 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 in the first century, those that would be a part of the Olympic Games and such 
uh, as they went about their daily life and their daily routine, just the day-to-day routines, of, not during their race, not during their time of, of, uh, of, uh, of sport, but just as they were going from place to place, many of them would wear long flowing robes. That was just their kind of their everyday attire. Can I say this morning, though, that when it came time for their race to take place, they didn't wear those robes. They weren't going to wear a robe that would fall down to their ankles and that they might step on and trip and fall and, and, and restrict them. They would then I- instead put on their, their, uh, their sports gear, their running clothes, the things that, uh, their uniform for the sport that they were in. See, it was necessary for them to lay aside that garment that would cause them to stumble or cause them to be hindered in their race. And the same is true for the believer. That robe that they were wearing was just their normal everyday attire. There was nothing wrong with it in and of itself. It just wasn't meant for the race. And there might be things in our life as Christians that is not necessarily sinful in and of itself. There might be things in our Christian life that isn't wrong or bad in and of themselves, but they're not helping our Christian walk. They're not helping our, 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 our life for Christ. And those are the weights, if you may, that the, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying that we ought to consider to lay aside so that it doesn't cause us to trip or to stumble. Uh, while not all of these things are necessarily sinful, as I mentioned, uh, they are that maybe they're activities or items or even passions that should be set aside so that we can prepare and be ready for a, a good lifelong race. I've known people that have kind of maybe had a compulsive uh, spirit or attitude about them, and they have had to refrain from certain hobbies or certain situations or places that they go because of their compulsiveness, uh, because of their addictiveness to it, and if they, c- if they continue to do certain things, it would pull them away from church, it would pull them away from family, it would pull them away from things that mattered most. Not, the fa- not that those things were wrong in, or sinful of, in and of themselves, it just wasn't conducive for them to be able to, to focus on the priorities of life like they should. We read in, he- in Ephesians, I'm sorry, chapter 4, in verse number 22, it says that you put off concerning the former conversation. That word conversation just means a manner of living. And he says to put, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. See, there might be some things that uh, in our lives we did maybe before we were saved or even before we had a, a real focus on the Lord or His plan and will for our life that, like I said, they weren't necessarily wrong, but because of our sinful nature, because of us as human beings, we could focus more on those things instead of the things that are best for us and the things that God has planned for us. And it will cause us either to be hindered in our, our, our race of the Christian life to where we don't excel like we should, or it could cause us to just completely fall off track. I, I consider the story of the army of Alexander the Great and as they were going around and, and winning battle after battle after battle and advancing upon Persia, uh, it seemed at one critical point that the troops, his troops might de- be defeated. The problem was as they went from one city to another and one battle to another, that they, they, uh, they won those battles, they would pillage and plunder those areas and they would keep for themselves the spoils of war. They would 
put, they would carry them in, in big bags and sacks, and they would put them on, in, in baggage on their, on their horses, and, and they would carry them. And it, all of this gold and all of these things that they had, they had kept for themselves, wealth, spoils of war, but it was causing them to be slowed down and to be hindered in their fight against their enemy. So Alexander the Great finally decided, he told all of his men to empty their bags of all the spoils of war, all the gold and all the silver and all the precious metals that they had, that they had uh, been able to accumulate and were carrying with them and to pile them up into one big pile and to melt them down. His, his, the men in his army, they of course grumbled and complained while they were doing it a little bit, but they, they, they obeyed their orders and, and piled it up and they melted and burned it down and were able to advance on into victory. They began to quickly realize that those things that had, they thought were gain unto them were actually going to be their loss. Does it sound like a Bible verse that you might remember hearing? See, Paul said, what I counted as gain to me beforehand, I now count as loss for the excellency of, uh, of Christ and for uh, becoming more like him. It was said of these, of these battles of Alexander the Great, sometime later, someone wrote this, it was as if wings had been given to them, they walked lightly again. See, it was because of the, the, the spoils of war, it was because of their gain, it was actually going to cause them defeat. And sometimes there are things in our lives that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not the best for us. As we spoke of a couple weeks ago, I believe it was, that, that Paul said this, that all things might be lawful unto, be, unto me, but not everything is expedient. I might be okay to do those things or to, uh, to, uh, to uh, be a part of those things or have them a part of my life, but it's not always good for me to experience those things. Certainly hobbies could be this. Certain friendships could fall into this category or habits or activi activities. They can creep into our lives and cause us to have a hindrance in our Christian race. That's why we read in Ephesians 4, 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let your mind focus on what is truly the priority of life. Not to say that things of this world are necessarily bad or evil in and of themselves, but they don't compare to the blessings of God's will in our life. And if we allow those things to take priority over the things of God, then it truly is hindering our race the Christian race. So if, as we prepare for this race, especially in this new year, let's remove the hindrances that might keep us from running this race effectively. But as we, re, as we prepare and have preparate, make preparation for this, uh, this race called the Christian life, not only should we remove any hindrances, but we also ought to repent of sin. Because as we read on in verse number, one, 20, uh, verse number one, I'm sorry, he says, to lay aside every weight, and notice this, and the sin which so easily besets us. That word repent it just simply is a, is a change of mind or a change of direction. When it comes to salvation, it is when we turn our eyes upon Jesus and from everything else. That's what repentance is. But when it comes to repentance for, of sin or, or daily activities, it is a change of mind that says, you know what? This lifestyle that I used to live or these sinful activities that I used to enjoy and indulge in are no longer something that I desire, no longer something that I want to indulge in, but I want to indulge in the things of God. I want to focus on the things of God. And uh, that's why he says to lay aside the weight 
and the sin which so easily besets us. That sin that easily besets us is that sin that continually discourages us. It's that sin that continually creeps up. It's that, it's that thing that we, we, we don't necessarily always long to do it, but it seems like we always battle with it. It is that thing that we know that if we put ourselves in the certain circumstances or situations, we're going to end up uh, accomplishing it. And we need to lay those things aside. That's why he starts with the weight first. Maybe those things that aren't necessarily sinful in and of themselves leads us into sin. And if we lay aside those weights, then it, we can also lay aside the sin. My friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that this besetting sin might uh, have victory in our lives uh, many times, but it doesn't have to. Because Christ has given us the victory. He has given us the power to be able to overcome these things. And we read in Psalm 18, verse number 23, I was also upright before him and kept myself from mine iniquity. Here the psalmist says he kept himself as he relied upon the Lord. This is not talking about just willpower stronger than the sin, because our willpower will never be stronger than the sin. But our Savior is. And when we re rely upon him and rest on in him, he will allow us to find in victory over the sin that besets us. To run a good race in the new year, one thing is certain. We've got to be prepared for it. We're not going to run a, good a, 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 a strong race in this new year if we just go into it frivolously. There must be preparation. That preparation involves us uh, uh, removing any hindrances and repenting from sin. Number two this morning, I want you to notice the pace of the race. We've seen the preparation of the race, but notice number two, the pace of the race. For many people, a race or running a race is an intimidating situation or circumstance. Not the fact that they don't think that they can run. I mean, we are... We regularly use our legs. We walk from place to place and we get around and such. We probably think to ourselves, I could make it to, uh, the, po to the mailbox at the end of the road. Uh, I could probably make it maybe to the stop sign at the corner. But it's the rest of the race that, uh, that kind of uh, is a scary thing to us. Am I able to make it? Am I able to endure? Am I able to uh, make it through the entirety of the race the problem is, is many a times when it comes to setting goals or, or resolutions or things like that, we don't set these goals as we should. We, uh, whether it be to be more faithful in our personal devotions, or maybe it's our goal would be to become a closer-knit family, um, because when we think of all that involves, it involves to set a goal and to accomplish these goals, we look at the, 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 the big picture. We look at the end result. And everything that it takes to accomplish it almost becomes too overwhelming for us. Many a times it's the new year, this, this, the, the, the resolution is to, to get, become healthier, to lose weight. And we set a certain goal that we want to, to reach. And the first week we see a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of uh, of results that first week but then we step on the scale the second week after you have deprived yourselves of Twinkies and and uh, ice cream and McDonald's and all of those things you've deprived yourself of it you've seen a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of results but then the second week it doesn't move as quickly and then we look at the big overall goal that we wanted that 25 or 30 pounds or whatever it might be that we were wanting to reach and we say I'm never going to reach it and so what do we do 
We go right back to the pantry and pick up some Twinkies and then go to the freezer and make a bowl of ice cream because we say, it's too big of a goal. I can't reach it. There's too much involved in doing it, and we become overwhelmed. But God will not try us above what we are able. When it comes to our spiritual life, he's not going to ask us to accomplish something that he doesn't already know we could accomplish in him. And uh, his pace in this Christian life or this Christian race is a sustainable one. It isn't one that's going to cause you to fall off. And and maybe you've seen that person in the race and they're just giving it all that they can and they collapse before they get to the finish line. That is not the pace that the Lord is going to set for your life as a Christian. His pace is a sustainable one. And his design in this race is, uh, is, is so that this race and the goal, the ending of it, is an obtainable one as well. His pace is sustainable. The goal is obtainable, and he wants everyone to be a winner. Notice here with me in verse number one again that this pace, it's a set pace. As we read, it says in verse number one, and let us run with patience. Let's run with patience the race that is set before us. It's, this is not, a, a, is not just a race. It is not just whichever race that we, are to be, that we want to choose. It says, let us run the race that is set before us. Our course as believers is set. Have you ever noticed the design of a racetrack? It's circular, right? Uh, whether, it's, whether it's NASCAR or, or, uh, or whether it's a, a track uh, uh, for uh, track and field, it's, it, it, it's oval or circular in nature. And we find here that there, there, these la- there, it has sp- specific and designated lanes as well. Each runner has one that they're supposed to be in. And unless you watch a race from the beginning lap, it can sometimes be confusing to determine which athlete is in first place because of the angles and such as well. But we find that just because a runner is ahead does not mean that they're actually in first place or that they're going to win the race. Every single one of us in our Christian life are at, di- are at different places. But just because I'm ahead of you or she's ahead of me or whatever the case might be doesn't mean that I won't be a winner. Because the Lord has set the pace and our course is set. We read in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. God has not called us to focus on another Christian to determine whether or not we are accomplishing his will. He is the author, and he is the finisher of our faith. And our eyes must be focused on him. While we may have different routes, each of us has a course that has been set by God. Some Christians love to tell others how they ought to run their course. But God has called us to run our race, and he has set the course for us. Our, our course has been set, but also our completion has been set. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's the one that started it, and he's the one that will finish it. Not only has our course been set, but our completion has been set as well. No one runs forever. This race of the Christian life will come to an end And the ending point, the finish line, is our home in heaven. 
and when we stand before our Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor and appeareth for a, a little time, and then vanisheth, vanisheth away. Paul knew that, only, uh, the, that the only life worth living was the life that was run towards focusing on the will of God. That's why he wrote to Timothy, as he said in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. My friends, life is short. Can I encourage you from the word of God this morning to live it to its fullest for the Lord? We hear about people wanting to live their life to its fullest, and I'm all for that, but let us live our life to its fullest for the Lord. Not so that I can gain, not so that I can have all the world's riches, for what doth it profit a man should he gain the world and lose his own soul? We find here, my friends, that this morning it is a, a, a pace that, it's, it's a set pace, but also the, it, is a, uh, it, it is a, where's my note, there is a steady pace. Verse number one not only instructs us to run, but it also tells us how to run. It says to run with patience. And so it is, it is not something that is going to be completed overnight. Many a, a new believer gets frustrated at the Christian life. Because they look at other Christians and they think to themselves, I'm not as good of a Christian as they are. Or many of a seasoned believer gets frustrated at Christian life because they look at their life and they look back at how long they've been in this Christian race and they say, why do I struggle with the same things over and over again? And they get frustrated and they want to give up. Can I say this morning that the pace of this race is a steady one as well? It is not one that's going to just happen in a flash. This is not the 100-meter dash. This is a marathon of a race. It is a lifelong race that, co that concludes at the ultimate finish line, the finish line of our home in heaven. James 1, verses 2 through 3 tells us, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I think of it like the, 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 the race of the hurdles, right? You, the, 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 the runner is running through this race and they come to a hurdle and they have to hurdle that, the, the, the obstacle that's in front of them. But how many of you like me have seen the videos where they miss? That runner many a times continues to press on though, don't they? Sometimes they knock over every, I've seen them where they're running, 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 they, they jump over the first one, they make it clear, but the second one they kind of trip over, they try to jump over the third one and they kind of trip over it and they say, Forget it. And they just plow through it without even trying to run through it anymore. That's the perseverance that we ought to have in this Christian life. We're going to face obstacles at times. There's going to be times where we, it seems like there are setbacks. But let us press on. Because this is a season to press on, my friends. And the race that the, the Lord has set before us. It is, we, we ought to be prepared for that race. But we also ought to consider the pace of the race as well. This race is not going to finish tomorrow. It's only going to finish when we stand before our Savior face to face. For some, it will be sooner than others. But we ought to persevere and stay faithful, even through every trial and through every testing. In Athens long ago, games used to be held in honor of the Grecian gods. One such game was the torch race. 
It was a race of torchbearers run at night in honor of uh, the god of fire. The starting point was a mile and a half outside of the city in the olive groves where Plato met with his academy and uh, where a, a sanctuary to this god was built. The winner was not necessarily the first runner who reached the finish line, but yet the winner was the runner who, her, her, runner who first reached the finish line with the torch still burning. Running with a burning torch requ requires a certain pace. It requires a certain patience. It's like the egg race, right? You put it on the spoon and you have to hold your arm out straight in front of you. You don't just get to take off and run without, with, with full abandon, right? You've got to be patient. You've got to be cautious. You've got to be steady or the egg's going to fall. We play with kids with the fake eggs because it's a big mess most of the time. But if you were to play with a regular, a, a real egg, if you weren't steady, if you weren't patient, it would fall, it would crack, and there would be a mess all over the place. The Christian life is just that. When we try to get ahead of God, it becomes messy, doesn't it? When we try to stay away and, and we resist from God's leading, it becomes messy. But when we stick with His plan and we focus on Him, we stay in the pace that He has set for us, we'll find the completion at hand. Now let me close with, you, with this this morning, number three. Notice the pursuit of our race. In verse number two, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of, our, finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We've already seen that we are not in this race of, of life to win a temporary or even corruptible prize like that of a gold medal. But we are in this race and we run for something far more valuable and something that is permanent. The prize of our race is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not running to obtain it in, in the manner of so that we can actually have it one day. We run so that when we stand before him, we are able to hear, well done. Because when we accept Christ as our Savior, our lifestyle, whether we run it for him or for ourselves, has no bearing on whether or not we'll stand before him and, and experience eternity in heaven with him. But we do run so that we might stand before him, and we might be able to see him, in, 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 see him face to face and hear, well done, my child. See, we're pursuing a person in this race. We're not pursuing something that is just going to burn up and, and crumble away. We're pursuing the person of Christ. Paul wrote that the goal of his life and the primary purpose for his race and during the trials that he endured was that he might know God better. We find in Philippians 3.10, he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. In the, in the final days before this new year, we should take time to maybe hit that reset button on our compass. Make sure that the compass that is guiding this race, the, the map that we are following on this race of life is being led by the Savior and not by ourselves. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. As this world changes and what is acceptable changes in this world even, let us remember that what the Lord has said in his word remains true every single day. Notice with me that the key to success is following, not just admiring Jesus. Notice what he says, that he, in, 
endured the cross. That word endured means to abide under, to keep going courageously. He kept going in the midst of such pain and agony. And we will face trials, and we will face pain, and we will face agony. Let us endure as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Let us live for him. Let us, uh, uh, let us follow in his footsteps and not just admire him from afar. We find also that he endured the, the contradiction, the Bible tells us. Jesus knew what it was to face opposition. He has been given as an example and has experienced the things that he's experienced so that he might know and be able to be there for us when we face those trials and temptations as well. But we're not only pursuing a person, but we're pursuing a pattern. Notice verse number 3 of chapter 12 of Hebrews. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. When we consider him, we consider the example that he has set for us. That's why we read in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 21 through 23, for even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in follow his steps. Who did who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. As we consider him, would you also consider his endurance? The fact that he kept going on, that he, he continued on to the cross, even in the face of such pain. And we're going to face those things. We're going to experience those things. Let us face those things considering his example and follow in his footsteps. I wonder this morning, if you have set goals for this new year, what are those goals? Are they goals that are only about ourselves or about the things of this world? Or are they goals that are focused on following in his footsteps? Are they goals that are focused on accomplishing his will and abiding in his will? We read in Philippians 2.16, Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It'd be a shame to look back on 2020 or even as we look back on 2021 or just look back on our life in general as a, as a believer, that life, the Christian life. It'd be a shame for us to look back and say, man, I focused on all the wrong things. When, 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 when I was focused on doing the right things, when I was focused on accomplishing His will, when I was focusing on having a, a close, uh, tight relationship with God through devotions and through my prayer life, uh, I, I, I allowed myself to stumble and fall and quit when it got a little tough. But the things of this world, I persevered on. Why would we have that attitude? Can I say this, this morning that this season is a season to press on? If we could make it through 2020, I know that we can make it through anything else. Because God is with us. Don't throw in the towel. See, my friend, many a times we, we, we want a breakthrough, but we don't want the, the situation that requires a breakthrough to experience it. The breakthrough only comes when we're almost maybe at a breaking point. And let us stay faithful. Let us stay committed. Let us consider him as we pursue him and pursue the pattern that he has laid before us, one that has set the example for us to live 
and press on and persevere. Uh, Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for your word, for the example that you've set before us as, your, as you, our Savior, of endurance and continuing on in life. Help us to run this race. This race isn't for ourselves. This race is one that is devoted to knowing more about you. This race is one that is devoted to accomplishing your will. And Lord, we're thankful, we're thankful this morning that the, the race we run has nothing to do with our, our eternity. We're thankful that you accomplished that for us. But God, as you've left us here, let us seek your will. As you've left us here, let us accomplish your will and, and follow the example that you've set for us and press on even in the face of much trial and tribulation. And Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. We'll start our next service in about 10 minutes.